I'm Chad Vogelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 239. This one is a little bit of a different episode. Um, different yet the same. Um, Mark and I are going to be covering Hero Quest, uh, a three chapter storyline across the Green Lantern title from the Kyle Rayner run, uh, number 71, 72, and 73. But the reason we're doing this is very different than just because we wanted to cover a Kyle Rayner story. It was on December 16th of last year that um, I checked Facebook and noticed that our friend Sean Engel had passed away. And Sean, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Sean uh, is was the, the, the host of Just One of the Guys, a Green Lantern podcast covering... Uh, primarily the 90s run of Green Lantern, starting with Hal Jordan and going into Kyle Rayner, covering the Guy Gardner series, uh, both Guy Gardner, and then when it became later known as Guy Gardner Warrior. Um, Sean, uh, in addition to being a fellow podcaster and fellow uh, Green Lantern fan, was also a really, really good guy. Uh, and having it hit pretty quickly that... Uh, so fast that he was lost. I, I, I honestly didn't believe it. Um, there was a, uh, a re- another podcaster who I didn't know very well or didn't listen to his shows, but uh, I believe his name was David Sopko, uh, who had passed away not too long before that, uh, and uh, it was just sort of blindsided. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know where to go from there. I know that uh, just the facts... Uh, Sean was hospitalized uh, a few weeks prior uh, with some uh, issues with his stomach. And if you were listening to us when we did the State of the Green Lantern Union uh, episode, we wanted to have Sean on there. And we'd said that he was out of the hospital and feeling better. And that that was the case. Sean was out of the hospital. He was in high spirits and everything seemed to be going well. And obviously on the 16th, we found out that Sean, I guess there were some complications or something, and and he had passed away. Um, And then I immediately grabbed my phone and and, and called Mark and texted Mark and tried to get a hold of him pretty quickly. So, uh, Mark, I I don't know. I've been talking for a sec, so I don't know if you want to say anything at the moment. But uh... Yeah, I I certainly – that certainly wasn't the news I was expecting to hear. And it's certainly – even though it's kind of – I mean it's a kind of a tangent, but it, you know, in a way, 
when you're making it, when you when you're trying to track me down for something, you know, so vehemently, I kind of it kind of makes it. I kind of figured it was something certainly out of the ordinary. I sort I just didn't think it was you know going in that vein. Uh, so I was yeah I was I was pretty surprised. Obviously you know you know you 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 know Sean, and you have a better you know handle on and a better relationship certainly than me. But it doesn't matter. The fact that was very you know that was that was pretty upsetting. Um, seems like over the last couple of years we've kind of done. We've kind of had to deal with that more, more than more than we, more than we'd like to dealing with you know other members of our you know our podcasting community, if you will, uh, having uh, you know passed away. So it's kind of mm-hmm. it's disheartening and it's surprising and certainly uh, puts the more goes back to puts you know putting the mortality thing that we you know stuff we all really deal with, but most most times we really don't want to deal with. We don't think about it. Kind of makes it harder not to at times. It kind of drives drives it home that at some point we're all going to have to deal with this and people around us are all going to have to deal with this regarding us. So, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly, it certainly, even though, norm, you know, we had talked about doing these three issues for a while now. Uh, it was something we kind of started and stopped, at, not literally as in recording it, but putting it on the agenda and then, put, then something bumped it before. So the idea of doing, you know, this a three-issue arc in Sean's memory as a tribute made perfect sense. It just kind of like a, it just kind of, in a way, it just make it makes it a little more somber. I guess is the best way to describe it with the material as we do this material. Because overall, the material is not particularly somber. It's kind of good for Kyle. It's kind of like uplifting for Kyle as far as you know him again more more on-the-job training, if you will. But it does kind of the reason why we're doing it now. I guess it kind of it's certainly not the reason we'd like to be doing it. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, the, we had a couple of. I mean, there are several uh, kind of story arcs within the Kyle Rayner run, and for whatever reason, the ones that we had on our our our, our, our docket that uh, of ideas weren't appropriate in one way or another. And I I feel I feel like the Hero Quest is is a good fit for this. You know, because Sean. Did the just one of the guys show, which you know, thankfully he was he was able to wrap up, um, you know, before before several months before he passed, he he set out and achieved his goal of covering all the the, the comics that he had wanted to cover for that particular show and and, and brought it to a, a good conclusion. And it's still available out there on the internet. So if you, I, I highly recommend that if you haven't yet listened to just one of the guys and you've you've heard us talk about it before. Uh, or play the ad on our show that that you that you go and check that out because that is still available to you. It's a full podcast uh, from start to finish, just talking about that era of Green Lantern. Um, and Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner were Sean's favorite lanterns. Uh, there are times when I heard him say Guy was his favorite, and times when I heard him say that Kyle was his favorite. So, uh, you know, I I feel like this this is uh, something good to to talk about now. I don't want to uh, get too bogged down in the somberness of it, uh, but I do. Uh, I, I do have uh, his obituary here from uh, Smith and, and Kernkey Funeral Homes. Uh, this is posted. I, 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 I am assuming by his family. I just wanted to, to read it just for for the sake of uh, completion. Com- completion here. Um, uh, I'll just I'll just read, go ahead and read this. It says uh, Sean Angle, 45, of Oklahoma City was the son of Gerald and Roseanne Engel. 
He was born in Garden City, Kansas on January 1st, 1970, and passed away on December 16th, 2015. Sean graduated from Woodward High School in 1988 and then moved to Oklahoma City to attend the University of Central Oklahoma. After graduating from UCO with a degree in biology, Sean began working for LabCorp, where he worked for the next 22 years. He was preceded in death by his parents, Gerald and Roseanne, and his grandfather, Stanley. Sean uh, is survived by his wife, Michelle, and their daughters, Lizzie and Rachel. His father and mother-in-law, Nick and Sue, brother and sister-in-law, David and Ambra, and their children, Grant and Grace, sister Cindy, grandmother Mary, and many aunts, uncles, and cousins. Sean loved doing things with his wife and children. He was the dad who would ride the roller coaster with the kids at the amusement parks and would take the kids swimming in the summer. He loved movies and enjoyed taking his children to every new film that came out. He and Michelle enjoyed traveling together, especially their trips to Italy. He was a very kind and giving man. He had many friends, including those who followed his podcasts online. A favorite podcast topic was The Green Lantern. So for his followers, in brightest day and blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power, Green Lantern's light. And then it goes into the specifics of uh, uh, his his uh, when his uh, service was. It says in lieu of flowers and in lieu of flowers, the family requests that donations be made to the charity of your choice. The family would like to thank the many friends, relatives, and neighbors who have supported us during Sean's illness. We also offer a very special thank you to the nurses, physicians, and healthcare team at Mercy Hospital who care for us all with the greatest love, compassion, and skill. So there's that. That was very nicely written. Mm-hmm. Um, it says to the charity of your choice. Um, I, uh, I I'm just going to throw this out there. If anybody out there would like to make a donation, I suggest the Hero Initiative. Um, I've mentioned it before in the past, but the Hero Initiative specifically uh, involves uh, comics. Uh, it's basically a uh, organization that helps support uh, comic creators who are no longer getting work. So typically, this includes the classic comic creators who are no longer getting work. Um, uh, the specifics, if you just Google the Hero Initiative, um, the specifics will be there on their website, but it, it helps go to support those comic creators, uh, many of whom I'm assuming might have had work and have worked in the past on the Green Lantern run uh, at some point or another. So that's just my particular suggestion. Uh, the Hero Initiative, make a donation to the Hero Initiative in Sean's name. Uh, I'm still keeping my ear to the ground to see if there's any sort of way that we can donate something to directly to the family, whether that be to his daughters, maybe like a college tuition fund or, or something like that. If I hear anything about that, I will definitely let you folks uh, know ahead of time uh, on, on a future episode. Um, and also, of course, on Facebook or Twitter. So there's that. That's just my suggestion, though, the Hero Initiative. If, the, if there's any other charity that you uh, prefer to donate the money to, obviously you're welcome to do that in Sean's name. Nicely said. All right. So we, in memory of Sean, are going to cover three issues of the Kyle Rainier, Rainier run, one of uh, Sean's favorite characters, and uh, a more upbeat story. So, Mark, you're going to take the first issue, number 71, right? Correct. 
Alright, go ahead. So this is Hero Quest, chapter one of three. So issue 71, which is dated on the cover of February 1996, which has a pretty cool cover of Kyle flying over Gotham City as the bat signal is shining in the sky, which of course actually is... a. It's one of those covers that's not entirely misleading cause, because something like that actually happens in the book. <laughs> what, what do you know? <laughs> Truth in advertising, it has been known to happen before. Uh, so this chapter is mentioned, is titled Gotham, as we will see pretty much every chapter of this three-part storyline is, uh, I believe, titled or named after the city that it takes place in as Kyle you know, tries to learn understand what it takes to be a hero. He's obviously having a little bit of a mid-hero life crisis here, and he's trying to get some more understanding on, you know, why people do what they do. And and so the first place he goes is Gotham. So Gotham, Ron Mars, our, old, our friend is the writer, Paul Pelletier pencils, Romeo Tangal inks, Linda Medley colors, Alba, Alba de Guzman letters, Eddie Braganza, Boy Wonder, and of course, Kevin Dooley, listed as the Cape Crusader. I don't think so, but nonetheless. <laughs> uh, so we, we see Batman kind of like lurking in the shadows. It's kind of a weird looking, it's more like a cat than a gargoyle, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, it looks like, like a like a panther with yeah, wings. Yeah, with wings. It's, I mean, it's kind of supposed to. I mean, typically the architecture would make would make you think it's gargoyle esque because you know, but it definitely looks like exactly what Chad said. It looks like a a big cat or a panther with with uh with wings. And Batman's looking down, and we you know, we hear a bunch of we hear these thugs, you know, trying to they're t- they're talking as they to themselves as they're trying to rob the Gotham Diamond Exchange and. The Checkered Gang. Now, there's a great name. <laughs> Appropriately so, based on the fact that they're wearing all, like, checkerboard jackets. And I'm sorry I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, the coloring on these jackets is so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it not at all goes with the grain of the jacket. When they're all bunched up together on one of these panels, It's comp- they're completely indistinguishable from one another. Well, that might have it been is... by design, but it is kind of funny. Yeah, basically it looks like it's, it's like... Uh, one person, one person, <laughs> like Siamese triplets all wearing the same jacket. <laughs> Go and, ahead, I'm sorry. No, it's okay, that's fine. And, and we we get it. We have to try to enjoy this, right? <laughs> and of course, one of the funnier things is besides the fact that you know they have a ridiculous name and they and they're wearing ridiculous clothes. They 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 are kind of talking in your typical like twenties gangsters kind of like talk talk and dialect use guys and things like that <laughs> so it's like they they uh so they, they try to knock over the gotham diamond exchange all of a sudden they said one of them goes hey guys you hear that it's flapping it must be him it must and, and you kind of see that you know like the batman bat, almost like the shadow of batman with his cape held out uh the shadows kind of like over over literally overshadowing them when they're on the near the Gotham Exchange, they start shooting up at Batman, and at that moment, surprise, surprise, that the three members of the Checkered Gang, they were knocking over the Exchange, getting cased in green, in green rope and handcuffs. And, you know, one of the one of the Checkered Gang goes, you know, what is this? It's not, not what, who? I'm, bum, bum, bum. 
says, Green Lantern, I know, and we hear that as Batman, we see as Batman saying to, saying that, and it's like, uh, Kyle's like, you know, typically kind of stumbling around dealing with, you know, Batman. It's like, you know, I thought I'd, I'd help you capturing these three creeps. And that's when Batman <laughs> points out, which is kind of cool, you know, it's like, there are four. And just like that, you know, the the, the, the biggest member of the gang, like, smashes Kyle, like, in the, in the head with a, which is kind of dumb, with, like, a bag of the diamonds. <laughs> Why would you waste the diamonds? <laughs> I don't know. Right? I don't know. But needless to say, this kind of, like, this kind of stuns Kyle. Uh... The, the member of the all the members of the gang start start getting out of there. Uh, Batman just kind of stands there and he kind of like is looking at Kyle who's on his knees, and you know Kyle's trying to like uh, kind of redeem himself in a way, going, "Hey, no, no big deal, you know. I just kind of lost it for a second. I got him." And Batman, being his typical charming self, don't bother. <laughs> Kyle, you know, Kyle wraps up uh, the the big guy who just smashed him in the head. He he. Uh, he, you know, he trips him while Batman takes out. He takes out what two more of the guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. He takes out two more of the guys as as one of the guys, the other member of the gang, gets into their their uh, cherry their cherry caddy, as he calls it. <laughs> it's like you're fast, Bats, but not faster than no cherry caddy. And he starts driving away, thinking, "Hey, is in the clear." And just like that, you know, Robin comes swooping down. Feet first through the windshield, takes out this, takes out the driver, and before you know it, boom! All four members of the checkered gang are on ice. But um, boom! Uh, Batman kind of like he, he tells Robin, "Hey, you, you, you know, good work, but you know, try to come up with something a little less dangerous than diving through a friggin' windshield." Kyle starts trying to you know chat everybody up, and you know B- Batman just really typical like what do you want? <laughs> and that's when this is when we kind of you know we get the full explanation of what's going on. Kyle's just looking for you know a little advice to be, on being a hero, and I came to you because well it's you. And Bas- Batman's like you know you came here to ask me questions, and he goes understand something. I'm not a teacher for aspiring heroes. It's a, it's kind of like I have my own agenda. It's mine alone, and you know, you know, if you're driven to be a hero, that's great, you know. D- but you and I live in different worlds, and in my world, there's no time to hold your hand. Charming, and Bat, you know, and Batman just kind of pulls his typical disappearing act when Kyle looks down for a second, going, you know, I only wanted, blah blah blah, and boom, so Batman's gone. Kyle's left to, you know, basically to try to pick up the pieces. Or Robin, in a way, is kind of trying to pick up the pieces of, of Kyle. And, you know, Robin tries to comfort him a little. It's like, eh, he's always doing that. You'll get used to it. And he goes, Kyle, like, how do you deal with that attitude? It's like, it's his style, you know, don't don't let it bother you. It's like, you know, it's like, you want to you want to know, you know, how and why he does what he does? It's like, he does it because he has to. You know, he doesn't have an all-powerful toy, which is kind of a shot, but it's the truth, like Kyle does. You know, he has to basically... You know he's got to got to hone himself to you know uh, to physical and mental perfection to do what he does. You know it's a crusade for him and it never ends. And then Kyle's like, okay, that's that's his deal. What's your deal? And he goes, hey, I, I I've got my reasons too. And it's like, uh, and Robin's kind of like, you know, I really can't go into much more about this, but you know, he just tries to encourage Kyle, you know, to hang in there. You know, and Robin's like, yeah, you know, you too, and thanks for it. And then of course he turns around and boom. Of course, <laughs> Robin pulls the Batman move and disappears on him first. 
And I like this part when when Kyle's thinking to himself and going, "Wow, him too, right into thin air." I guess Batman's a better teacher than he wants to admit. Is this a? I'm sorry. Is this Tim Drake? I'm assuming it's yeah. It's got to be Tim Drake. Okay. Which is funny because I almost mentioned when he went through the windshield, I almost mentioned that it was a Tim Drake Robin. Yeah. Okay. It pretty much it pretty much has to be at this point. Uh, so Kyle's kind of like he's kind of bummed out at this point. He's kind of floating up and floating up in the air in Gotham, and the bat signal is still in the air or in the air again, one of the two. And you know, Kyle's kind of like uh, he's at this point. He kind of gives Kyle a little credit. He's kind of getting even though he in a way you might say he's acting out. A little bit, but yet he's also kind of standing up for himself by going, you know, Batman pretty much just treated me like I was a little kid asking for an autograph. You know, what, what makes him think that he can do that to me? And then as the bat signals in the sky, <laughs> Kyle Kyle uses his ring to you know put his Green Lantern symbol <laughs> over the bat signal. And then he and as he's th- he's thinking, he just calls Batman jerk. <laughs> and that, a big smile comes on his face when he does that, which is kind of good to see on Kyle's part. Uh, but then Kyle kind of goes back to, uh, I guess, kind of like wallowing a little. He kind of creates a, a energy construct uh, diner stool, uh, GL's place, which is kind of a, kind of appropriate. Uh, he's obviously dealing with uh, post Donna issues at this point because he sees he sees an energy um, creates an energy constructed Donna sitting across from him in the booth. You know, and he's trying to figure out. You know, he's trying to figure out. What to do? And he goes, so here I am, alone in Gotham City. And then we hear, not alone. And, of course, it scares the crap out of Kyle. And we and we see Alan Scott, who, of course, at this point has just assumed the mantle of Sentinel, or recently assumed the, the full, you know, the official mantle of Sentinel. And you, which Kyle kind of noticed, you know, kind of acknowledges by going, hey, a new chest emblem. And he goes, and it goes with the new name. In public, at least, I prefer you to call me Sentinel. And then Kyle's like, Hey, I wanted a teacher. Why didn't you know? Why didn't I think of Alan? You know, he would be a natural. Should have had a V8. Kyle. That's right. But I'm bum. And it, and it kind of <laughs> and it kind of references also the first the, the first meeting between Kyle and Alan Scott, which was Green Lantern 55, which was basically the the lead into Zero Hour, when Alan Scott shows up to get and he gave Kyle the primer on Hal the core. Hal becoming Parallax and the fact that Kyle was going to be needed at some point to, to you know to take Hal down. Uh, um, so Alan Scott, you know Alan Scott and Kyle, you know chit chat. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you know at the point that uh, they're still talking, and, and obviously up to this point, Kyle still had that Green Lantern symbol over the bat signal, which is kind of I guess it's in a way it's I I. To me, it's kind of shows, I guess, growth in Kyle, at least from his ability to use the power, because we just talked about the Kylo Ren holding the, you know, the laser blast in the air while he was doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Kyle was creating all these other constructs and doing all this other stuff, and yet he still had the, uh, you know, the energy construct uh, Green Lantern symbol that he had over the bat signal was still somewhat in effect, slowly fading away, but it still was in effect, which is how Alan Scott basically found him. So, you know, Kyle points out, you know, I came here looking for Batman for advice, but he kind of was, a, you know, he kind of was a little busy, as he phrased it. And Alan was like, well, yeah, he's like that. And Kyle goes, hey, you, since you're here, you know, you want to, do you want to continue showing me the ropes since you kind of like were pushing me in that direction to begin with, back, you know, back in GL55. And Alan Scott's like, you know, I don't, I do hate being second fiddle to Batman, but you know, I suppose you could give me a hand. He says, 
And Kyle, you know, picks up on it pretty quick that, you know, Alan didn't say, I could give you a hand. So Alan Scott, you know, he, his, his hand lights up with green, green energy. And we, we see Alan Scott, basically, he's, he's taking them to the GBC building. And basically, we kind of get like, get, Kyle kind of recaps, I guess, where we are. I guess what Alan Scott has filled him in about to bring him, you know, to try to get uh, Kyle on board or why Kyle needs to give him a hand that basically Alan says he wants to help he needs help capturing this criminal car Harlequin not Harley Quinn Harlequin <laughs> uh, and how you know Al- Alan called the Harlequin soulless and all this stuff which you know which at the time Kyle thinks is pretty harsh but as we go along in the story it kind of makes more sense and Kyle you know Kyle points out that Alan said, you know, we have to we have to be careful about Harlequin. You know, she has she has the powers to create nightmares, and it basically it's a, uh, you know, as Kyle phrases it, still, you know, it it's just a simple grab that I can handle, especially after having guys like Freeze and Purgatory out to punch my ticket. So Kyle pretty much thinks this is going to be like you know, cake, or so he thinks. So Alan Scott's on top of the GBC building. We we see that. We see the feet, and then we see the full reveal of Harlequin, who you know came for Alan. It's like, of course I came for you. That's the only reason I exist is to please you, <laughs> and that throws Kyle completely off because it's like I've never heard a woman say that before. So we have a little banter between Harle- Harlequin and Alan. Uh, she starts putting the moves on Alan, and Alan kind of says, you know, no, you know that's not what I'm here for, and Harlequin goes, it's her, isn't it? And of course, Alan goes, "Yes, it is." And we kind of we kind of see Alan Scott kind of revealing that, uh, even though we, Kyle doesn't know who it is yet, but we find out that it's you know it's Alan's wife, who is uh, he basically brought there. And the, and should I cut to the chase about this a little and sum it up instead of yeah, about, sure. about what's going on? Because I, I mean I'm trying to be precise, but I know we don't. Basically, what's go, what's going on is essentially, and this is related to. Uh, Underworld Unleashed, that ever since Alan Scott based, Alan Scott, you know, when he got de-aged, pretty much, that started to cause problems between him, you know, him and his wife, because obviously his wife wasn't, was continuing, was already now older since Alan got de-aged, and she was going to continue to age, and Alan wasn't. So, and partially to try to, you know, turn back the clock, if you will, and to, to, to prevent problems, she kind of made one of those deals in, in uh, Underworld Unleashed, I'm assuming with Neron, uh, that basically she tried, she wanted to stay young. So, so obviously we know Har- Well, for Alan, Alan Scott, but his wife, she was Harlequin, right, back in the day. Yes. Yes. So basically, his wife made the deal to try, to, to to stay young, but the problem was Har- the Harlequin aspect here pretty much does not have any of the, of the soul of Molly. And the idea Alan kind of wants to do is to merge them back, merge them back together one way or the other. So when he was referring to Harlequin being soulless, he pretty much meant it. That pretty much she may look like Molly. She may look, you know, she may be, you know, physically she may resemble his wife and she may be young, but she doesn't have any of the essence of, of, of his wife. And at this point, he doesn't care whether she's old, whether she's young. He just wants his wife back. Uh, Harlequin uses her nightmare powers uh, against Alan Scott. He also, starts, which I kind of like, he also starts using it against Kyle, 
by creating, of course, Alex, which is the <laughs> which is always the go-to if you want to screw up Kyle. Go with go go with Alex. Uh, Kyle comes up with a pretty cool solution as he literally uh, blinds temporarily blinds himself by covering his eyes so he can't see any of the nightmares. You know, Alan Scott. You know, he he ca- he captures Harlequin. Uh, now you know he Alan ha- you know comes clean and fills in you know and fills in the deal. Uh, fills Kyle in on you know what the whole deal of why he needed his help. You know, you know my wife was an old woman. I made it you know she bargained with the devil to get her youth back. She basically sold her soul, and you know now I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to re- reunite them. And this was the Underworld Abyss special. And you know if so long you know so Alan pretty much is able to he grabs Har- you know Harlequin's hand. He grabs uh, Molly's hand. He pretty much uses his power, and he basically you know merges them back together and we kind of see a kind it's an interesting panel seeing uh, his wife who now who's still old but now she kind of looks like harlequin briefly but you know with the face makeup and the costume and everything and alan just kind of points out you know and she's kind of a little concerned because she's still old and uh, alan says you know i don't really care it's it's you and else and that's all that that's all that matters and then he introduces kyle to his wife and you know it's like you know kyle just makes you know they've they just have a nice little moment there, a bonding moment, and you know, Alan goes, you know, I don't know, you know, I know maybe you don't agree with what I did, Kyle, or at least with the way I did it, but sometimes being cold and hard is what it takes. You draw a line in the sand for yourself, but you need to know when to cross it. You wanted me to teach you something for what it's worth. I guess that's it. So that's pretty much Kyle's life lesson from this, in a way, from this issue, and also kind of like a nice little curveball since he went to learn from Batman and he learned from Alan Scott, and. Alan just kind of tops it off by going, "I hope you understand, Kyle. When when you find the right woman who, or when you find the woman who's right for you, you, know, you you'll go through hell to stay together." So Kyle kind of flies off in space, and you know, they have excuse me, he flies up into the air, leaving Gotham, and and as he does that, we kind of see like you know that Batman and Robin kind of have been lurking and lurking in the shadows still, and they kind of see Kyle fly off and fly off into space. The air. I keep saying space, but taking to the air, I should say. So, and that, and then we have a little interlude with the dark stars, which is you know dark. One dark star just pretty much got just got its neck snapped, and you know, and these, and we see two beings standing over the dark star, going, "Set the dark star's head. Let them know I'm coming." As you wish, Lord. Next issue, Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Um, Sentinel, I mean, it's always good to have Alan in an issue. Um, although, I, I don't know. I don't know if I like his Sentinel costume. It's, I go back and forth on his Sentinel costume. Yeah, because it's not a huge change, but it's enough of a change. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it pretty straightforward, actually. I mean, I, I, the, the only thing is, you know, when, given everything that happened towards the beginning of Kyle's career um, and – during zero hour, I kind of really have a hard time believing Kyle's didn't think <laughs> like Alan didn't cross his mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, and they kind of play on that, you know, once he sees Alan, it's like, damn, why didn't I think of Alan? Pretty much, but it's like, yeah, you would you would think that would have been the the first person he would have wanted to seek out, even though I guess it's that whole coolness intimidation factor and just how cool will it be to learn something from Batman aspect of. You know, of being of 
seeking out Batman. All those things related, all those different aspects of Batman's personality, and then kind of like, hey, it'd be pretty. Cool. I could, you know, I could, I could say Batman taught me stuff, stuff like. <laughs> so yeah, you would think he would already have enough interaction with, uh, with Batman to at least know that Batman's not a charmer. You know, he's not gonna, yeah. he's not gonna be volunteering a whole lot of information. Period. Let alone to somebody who, you know, he does not, he doesn't have a. And, Based on time served, he doesn't have a lot of faith in. <laughs> yeah, um... But he learned some stuff from Robin in a way. He got a little bit of an inkling, a little bit of an insight by dealing with Robin, at least. So I think that... So that kind of helped him a tad, I guess. But clearly Alan Scott was the big mentor in this issue. Yeah, and I like that. It's, I mean, it's kind of misleading, because Batman doesn't teach him a thing, but he's the obviously the draw for this issue, because you see the cover and you're like, oh, Kyle's gonna, you know, team up with Batman. Kind of like the new issue of Green Lantern that just came out today with the <laughs> teasing Batman, teasing a Batman's role in that issue. It's like, <laughs> oh, we <laughs> see they have not much has changed in like almost twenty years. <laughs> what do you think of the art? The art was pretty good. I miss I, I miss Daryl on this issue. Usually, I mean, I I usually like the Pelletier art, but I don't necessarily know if I liked it in this issue. I don't think I don't think it works with Kyle. I think it works with Tim Drake. I think it works with Alan, but he I, he usually draws a really good Alan Pelletier, and I think uh, Harlequin looks really good. I think it's Kyle that I think is a little uneven. I don't think it's the best look of Kyle. Right. Um, I think the stuff with the Dark Stars is drawn well too. For you know, we don't see all that much, but I mean, the the alien Dark Star that you know gets killed at the end. That I think that I think that's pretty well drawn. But I would say Kyle, if there was anything uneven or I didn't like about the art, I would say Kyle does not look, he looks a little little less than uh, I'm used to seeing Kyle look like. What about you? I mean, I, I enjoy it. Um, it's, you know, the colors are nice too, especially when you see the difference in uh, Alan's power manifesting in Kyle's. You know, the, there's, right. different green, there's different greens there, so that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty straightforward, to be honest. Yeah, it is. There's no doubt about that. All right, next issue? Next issue, which I think, ironically, is probably... I think we both like this issue. Uh, I think we both like this issue probably the best of all of them. For sure. <laughs> and, I know, and, this was, and this was the one issue that I did... Of, of this three-issue arc, this was the one issue that I didn't have originally. So, so this was that's, pretty... that's why we haven't covered it before, guys, because Mark didn't have all the issues. So yeah, so this was so this is probably so so the issue the Shazam issue is probably the this is probably the first time I've actually read read, read it so it's so maybe that was part of the reason why it it impacted me more but I know I had the Wonder Woman and the Batman issues. Okay, issue number seventy two, Hero Quest chapter two of three, entitled Fawcett. Uh, we open up with a bang basically. Um, uh, Captain Marvel, and it is this point he is known as Captain Marvel, <laughs> uh, is saving a professor from being crushed to death by the head of a sphinx, uh, which is not the real sphinx. It's just sort of a uh, statue statuette that's uh, on top of the Fawcett City Museum in preparation for an Egyptian, uh, uh, what do you call him? Uh, 
Not sure. Exhibit. Yes. There you that, go. See, I I almost jumped in because I wasn't quite sure what you where you wanted to go, <laughs> entirely where you were going with it. But yeah, it's 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 a it's an exhibit at the Fawcett City Museum. So uh, uh, Captain Marvel, you know, flies up, puts the Sphinx's head back on top of the statue. Um, uh, he says, tells the he checks in on the professor, sees if the professor's okay, and he seems he's he's basically preoccupied. He's just yes, yes, fine, thanks to you. I was just I'm a little preoccupied, I guess, getting ready for a very important day. Yes, the new exhibit, that's it, and then kind of. Yeah, he's pretty out of it. Um, so he goes um, he goes into the museum as Captain Marvel flies off. Um, he says, you know, I've got a bit of an interest in Egyptian culture myself. Hope I can stop by and see the exhibits sometime. Bye. And he flies off, and right before the professor uh, enters into the museum, uh, what is that? That's, oh, that's Kraka. I thought it was two L's. Yeah. Crack-a-boom! Yeah, it does look like two wells, so yeah. Crack-a-boom! Boom-boom-boom. And, and the professor says, lightning again. Fawcett City must have more freak <laughs> lightning strikes than any other place on the planet. <laughs> if only you knew, Professor. Uh, and then in, inside the museum, we see Kyle Rayner uh, as Kyle Rayner, not uh, Green Lantern. He's got a sketchbook open, and he's sketching various um, exhibitions within the exhibit, the Egyptian exhibit uh, in the Fawcett City Museum. Um... And I'm just going to, this is the longest, I think the longest internal monologue you get from Kyle as far as thoughts. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and read it here. Uh, he says, uh, I'm not sure exactly, uh, I'm not sure exactly, must have started when I was a kid, maybe watching those old black and white mummy movies on Chiller Theater. Or it was the reruns of Jonah Cameron as, Joanna Cameron as Isis, something. But almost as long as I can remember, I've had this fascination with different mythology, like ancient, like ancient Egypt. The history, yeah, but mostly the design sense. The art, the architecture, everything, the stuff just looks so cool. I came to Fawcett City to meet Captain Marvel, pick his brain a little about being a hero. No sign of him yet, though, and it's not like he's in the book. Even if I don't run into him, the trip wasn't wasted. I could spend days checking out an exhibition like this. Truthfully, just seeing Fawcett itself was worthwhile. The whole Art Deco sensibility. They don't make cities like this anymore. The artist in me could be pretty happy here. But living most of my life in Los Angeles and now New York, I'm too much of a big city boy to actually relocate. Of course, that didn't stop me from taking uh, taking off on this, well, hero quest, I guess you'd call it. Good way to run out my problems with Donna. It's Good always way to Donna. Run, run, it's run always out Donna. Of, <laughs> run out of my problems with Donna. And he's... His attention is grabbed by the professor, shocks Kyle, he drops his sketchbook. He's talking about how the, you know, he's out of it. Uh, you're not supposed to be here, young man. Um, you know, it, it, it's official openings to, is tomorrow. You can view it then. Sure, I can't stick around. I was hoping to get a few more sketches. And he's like, this belongs to a priest or something like that, right? He's obviously trying to stall. Um, he says, uh, the professor gives a bit of a history lesson. He says, the personal effects of SETI. A priest who was the power behind the throne of Ramses III. He was rumored to command the elements themselves. Preposterous legends, of course. Just like, uh, I could never say his name. King Tut. Tutankhamen. Tutankhamen. Uh, Just like Tutankhamen's curse, but that's all the public wants, isn't it? Sensational stories, fantasy. The glory of the Egyptian civilization isn't enough. And then he shoves Kyle out the door. Uh, 
Kyle's sitting dejectedly on the steps, sketching a little more, finishing in some of the drawing he couldn't finish of Seti's mask. And then a little boy comes up uh, and wants to look at Kyle's drawing, and he's introduced himself as Billy Batson. Uh, and he's like, you know, can I take a look at him? And he's, well, get lost, kid. I won't hurt him enough. <laughs> Kyle Rayner, friend of the people. Yeah, what a what a, what a, cla- what a classy mofo. <laughs> uh, he, he, Billy's like, please, I won't hurt him or nothing. I just want to see. He's a persistent little dude, aren't you? And he takes a look at him. And, of course, you know, in classic Billy Batson fashion, holy moly, you're really good. And <laughs> thanks. Look, I'm sorry I snapped at you. I'm just a little annoyed that I had a run-in with the professor. Um, and he's... You know, he's talking to Billy, and Billy's like, well, I, I heard he almost got killed today. Captain Marvel saved him. Oh, I was looking for uh, for Captain Marvel. Well, that's a coincidence. I know Captain Marvel pretty well. You, you're just a kid. Yeah, but I'm a reporter. I work for Wiz Radio. God, Captain Marvel lore. Uh, and they're, as, they're, as they're kind of bantering back and forth, you this all this whole back and forth is overlaid with scenes happening inside the museum. The professor breaks into the SETI exhibit, grabs this dust, uh, inhales it, and then puts on the the, the uh, whew, bad trip. <laughs> He's snorting Egyptians now. That's right. Um, puts on the SETI mask, and then as Billy and Kyle are talking outside, and he's, you know, Billy's like, "Why do you want to see Captain Marvel anyway? Hey, what's your name anyway? Kyle, Kyle Rayner. I wanted to blam and the." Uh, the uh, museum blows up. Both of them go off under their own pretense. Um, and Kyle, of course, turns into Green Lantern. And Billy goes off and says, no one's here to see. Go Shazam! Crack a boom! Uh, and both of them transform and go uh, rushing in. Kyle, as if there wasn't enough damage, uh, <laughs> <laughs> creates a construct mini pyramid and smashes through the skylight. <laughs> Smooth to get to get in, and then Cap, uh, Captain Marvel shows up. He says, "You know, have you figured out what's going on?" And uh, I was going to ask you the same. And then infidels, you will bow down before the resurrected city. You tool of Shazam are known to me. This other is not, though it matters little. Uh, and they said he attacks. He says he's returned to life in this vessel, so that he may deliver the vengeance of his people. He attacks. Uh, Captain Marvel and, and Kyle. Uh, he Kyle is squashed under some debris, and Captain Marvel picks it up. And uh, he Kyle goes to attack Seti, and, and Captain Marvel's like, "Wait, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Maybe there's just a misunderstanding. Maybe we can talk to him." And Kyle's like, "Give me a break." Kyle keeps giving everything he gets against uh, Seti. Uh, Seti keeps, you know. <laughs> Taking taking Kyle's constructs down one at a time. Uh, Captain Marvel still insisting that we talk to him, and, and Kyle says, "I know what you think. Uh, I think it's got to. I think it's got to be the mask. I say Seti's soul or whatever really did come back from wherever it was. He's basically possessing whoever's wearing the mask. I'm betting we get rid of the mask and everything goes back to normal." Um, and he says, if he, "He thinks to himself, it occurs to me I came in here to make sure Tommy was okay. I haven't even had a chance to look for him." Uh, he says, got to be the mask, and flies up to Seti and rips the mask off. He sees it's Professor. The Professor. Or uh, it, it's Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> it's true. It is a Thunderbolt Ross. I didn't even think about that. 
that's all I thought. What? Once he was jacked up, that's all I thought. All I thought about was I was like, "Oh my god, it's Thunderbolt Ross." <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs> uh, he attacks, and, and Captain Ross is like, "Why is the professor doing that? I don't think the professor is driving the car right now." I'm going to go try my way now. You stay here, <laughs> Captain Marvel says. He goes up and he says, I know you're in there, Professor. You have to fight what's, hap- fight what's happened to you. Uh, take control again, Professor. I won't believe this is what you wanted. Look around. Look what you've done. You see it's all broken. You wanted to bring back the glory of Egypt, but there's no glory here, just ruins. Whatever reasons you had, whatever you were trying to accomplish, this is the wrong way. Please, Professor, stop this and come back. And then... Uh, uh, the professor kind of vomits the dust back up. It goes to Captain Marvel, but before it can possess Captain Marvel, uh, Kyle locks it in a um, what is that? Sarcophagus. There you go, sarcophagus. Um, construct sarcophagus, and everybody apologizes, and everybody's good, uh, and. Uh, uh, Captain Marvel says, thanks, Lantern. If Seti had taken control of me, and Kyle says, believe me, I didn't want to find out. Listen, you were right. I wouldn't have believed it, but you ended this whole thing without even throwing a punch. And Captain Marvel says, why fight if you don't have to? Now, you didn't want to tell me why you were looking for me? And Kyle says, oh, that? Truthfully, I think I learned what I need to know. And then uh, on several different planets, Baraxis, Theron, Bennett Hodge, Emkin, and... These are a bunch of dark stars who have been killed. And you see John Stewart. He says, uh, the last four worlds are the only the latest. A total of 12 planets have been put to the torch. Their population slaughtered. 19 dark star casualties so far. We have nothing more than that to go on. Whoever's leading this campaign leaves no survivors and witnesses. He or she is absolutely thorough and absolutely brutal. There's one serious mani- There's one serious maniac out there, and we have no idea who it is or why he's butchering entire planets. And no one's come close to stopping him. And then he looks down and says, Donna, prob- uh, probability projections. What are, the, what are we looking at in terms of a likely next target? This is all assuming he doesn't change his pattern, John, but if our opponent remains on the same path and maintains his usual speed he'll be on ran in three days and john says all right then the dark stars make their stand on ran and next wonder woman Wonder Woman. <laughs> ah, what do you think i think i like marin in her costume much better than donna troy <laughs> for sure and as a personality i i think marin still wins <laughs> Sure. sure. I, 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 but being serious, I, I like this issue. This issue was pretty cool. It uh, was fun. That's it was fun. Yes, but and it makes sense with with Captain Marvel. It, it, it that's kind of what you would assume. It, it, it would be fun. Uh, I don't think this is the best representation of Kyle we've ever seen, though. <laughs> Why's that? I don't mean physically. I just mean well, we, we know. He's kind, of, he's kind of like he's almost breaking, breaking and entering into an exhibit. He, he he's talking down, he's talking down to Billy Batson. He, he's doing more, like you pointed out, he's doing more damage, more damage to an, to another art exhibit. I mean, to the museum that, that was already there, and he's just kind of, he just kind of acts like a, he, he just kind of comes across as you know, uh, I I know how to handle this more. I know that's part of the lesson that he's learning in this issue. I'm just saying that, like you said, uh, Kyle Rayner, friend of the people. That's as a joke. That's kind of what it's like. It's like Kyle, Kyle Rayner, 
friend of friend of artists and museums everywhere. It's like Kyle just he just I don't know he just seems everything he does just kind of just doesn't work for the better part of this this issue. Though I do like the Boris Karloff mummy construct thing that was pretty cool. But I I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kidding to a certain extent. I, I it, it was a it was a fun issue and I liked the uh, I thought. I like the contrast, certainly, between him and Captain Marvel, which is kind of the point of all these issues, the contrast mm-hmm. and the characters. It's funny you mention him not being sensitive to the thing, because I'm looking at a panel. Forget it. No sense in getting bent. Seeing those artifacts was worth catching a little grief. It was all so exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> was being the key word. <laughs> God. It was until until the blown up, and then I helped blow up the rest. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> yeah, this no, I like I liked it. I mean, and that's that's part of the reason I read Kyle's little inner monologue there is because I identify with Kyle in that. Like, I have always been drawn to Roman mythology, Greek mythology, Egyptian mythology, just those cultures in general. Um, and I'm sort of obsessed with Atlantis too. The the legend the the quote-unquote real-life legend of Atlantis for the same reason. Not necessarily just because, you know, it's a sunken city that supposedly houses advanced technology and all that stuff, but I just, I want to see it. Like, I want to I see the, the, the images of, you know, whatever camera submarine goes down there and takes pictures of the ruins. Like, I want to see what it looks like. You know, like, that's, that's, that's for me. Like, I, what, if I were to do a, a tour around the world, uh, travel around the world... You know, several of my stops would be, you know, the first ones that pop in my mind are Egypt, are, you know, Rome, are Athens, you know, all those places because of the architecture. I want to see the pyramids up close, you know, I, you know, the pictures can't do it justice. I want to see it, you know, so I, I identify with Kyle in that. I've always been a little obsessed with the mythology, and I think that kind of led me into being a comic fan in general just because I had a thing for mythology and then modern American mythology is what superheroes. <laughs> so, but I don't know. It's it's. It, I I like the whole Egyptian angle. The the contrast, like you said, between Kyle and Billy, um, and you know Green Lantern and and, and uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, and it was it was kind of a straightforward bad guy. You know, it's possessed by an evil spirit of a you know dead magic person, and you know how. Kyle learned his lesson, you know, mid-fight rather than having to, you know, stick around and have small talk over coffee with Captain Marvel. So, I liked it. I think it was the, uh, even though we haven't got to the third issue yet, I still, I think this was the best of the three. Mm-hmm. The most enjoyable, anyway, of the three. I mean, they all te- obviously, they're all teaching Kyle a little bit as they go, but I think this this was definitely the most overall... Most enjoyable, most fun, most uh, and probably in a, in a way, kind of, it's hard to say it was carefree with all the with all the damage that was done. <laughs> sure, but uh, it was it felt that way. It was there was a certain t- a certain uh, aspect of that. So, all right, anything else? No, I don't think so. Okay, the grand, so the grand finale, issue seventy three, Hero Quest chapter three of three, Gateway. We open with a splash page of Wonder Woman uh, throwing a punch, saying, I'm going to punish you, and Kyle's inner monologue saying, this isn't what it looks like, honest. (laughs) 
Um, and he's like, you know, can you think you could just let me off with a stern warning? And in uh, Wonder Woman punches him and he goes flying away. He says, you know, hit some fish. I uh, fish. I hate fish. And it says, I think it's about my turn, isn't it? And Wonder Woman says, not quite. A little more, just to be certain. Um, and she grabs him with his la- her lasso and throws him into some crates. And says, you're doing your best to sell this, aren't you? Please, tell me that's enough. She says, enough. And he says, that's what I wanted to hear, and lashes out with her with several constructs. Um, you know, you know, Are you sure you can handle this? She says, absolutely. They keep throwing punches at each other and constructs, and she says, uh, he says, what'd you do that for? Sorry, just playing to the crowd, so kill me. And he says, sure thing. And electrocutes her with a construct, and creates construct hammers on his hand and knocks her into the air and then ties her up to an anch- construct anchor and drops her into the ocean uh, and then flies away. And then all the onlookers say, you see that? He killed her. Wonder Woman's dead. And Green Lantern did it. Um, and we cut out into space and we see the dark stars talking about what's going on. Um, John is not sure what's going on. He's the leader, but doesn't necessarily want to be. I, I, we're not going to, Mark and I are going to return to this anytime. And we don't have plans to return to this anytime in the near future. So I don't, I don't want to get too far into this. Uh, suffice it to say, Marin looks hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Much better than that, like that slug like creature that's leaving a friggin' wet trail all throughout the floor of the ship. <laughs> um, Put a diaper on that thing. Um, so then we cut back to Earth and we see Kyle is on top of a bridge and says, so this is what it's come to. I show up in Gateway City and I have to kill Wonder Woman. Getting a handle on what it means to be a hero isn't the easiest thing I've ever done. I've got to, the suit and the mask. I've got the ring, but that's not what makes a hero. What was it John Stewart told me? The ring's just a tool. I wish John was around now. It, it was great talking to him last time. Uh, meeting these other heroes, it's helped, I guess, picking up a little bit from each one. Batman's got that whole grim, obsessed thing going on. Sentinel showed me there's a time to be ruthless. And Captain Marvel, well, it doesn't hurt to be a Boy Scout once in a while either. But they're they're all just pieces. I'm not getting the big picture, at least one that's right for me. I still feel a little lost. And he starts thinking about Donna, and as he thinks about Donna, Wonder Woman leans on his head, and she's, uh, she's soaked. Uh, I guess she just came up from the river and she said she'd stay down long enough to make sure it was convincing and swam, swam underwater uh, over there just to be safe. He gives her a construct towel. She drives off and uh, she says three alien criminals, two con, uh, coon strongmen and a Sitchian female were stranded in Coast City uh, a month ago. Uh, their ship ditched off the coast with a faulty warp drive. They tried stealing in an experimental warp prototype from Dyna Tech, I guess, Dyna Tech Labs, or D-Y-N-A Tech Labs, in order to repair their ship, but I stopped them. They escaped and went underground. I'm assuming they're biding their time, waiting for me to be out of the way before they try again. I should have tracked them down myself, but I haven't had a chance dealing with the, with the dark, with dark side and the demon and everything else that's happened. And he says, so hopefully you being dead will draw them out. What's the plan? She says, plan, we fight them and defeat them. Who knows? You might even learn a thing or two. Um, and then true to her th- thoughts, it looks like, uh, uh, the, the Kundians and the Sitchian woman have broken into yet another place and start stealing stuff. 
she said, Wonder Woman says, you take the woman, I'll handle the coons. Uh, she says, why do you get the two big guys? And then they're surprised to see her alive. She says, I brought a friend. Uh, she, they refuse to surrender, and she gives the order to kill them. Uh, and so Wonder Woman takes on the Kundians, and Kyle takes on the woman. She says, hey, look, let's be serious. We both know how this is going to end. She says, with you dead, and fires at him. And uh, don't worry about your ring going to waste. I'll wear it as a trophy. Some attitude you got. Keep it up, and I might not take it easy on you. She says, you dare? And he you know, wraps her up with a construct chain. She kicks him in the face. Uh, Wonder Woman easily dispatches the Kundians. Um, she uh, is Kyle locks her up in a uh, uh, a construct cage. She says, "I won't be captured." She says, "What, what are you doing? Not what I think you're doing." Is that? Hey, are you nuts? She arms this device that she has. She says, "Afraid to die, Green Lantern." He says, "Yeah." He thinks to himself, "Yeah, actually." <laughs> and and Wonder Woman rushes towards him. She activated the warp prototype. It's overloading. And Kyle thinks to himself, oh, Wonder's not seriously going to try this by herself, is she? And Wonder Woman screams, get to cover. She grabs the prototype and kind of, you know, you know, holds it to her chest and crunches down. It explodes. Uh, Wonder Woman's fine. She's relatively unscathed. It'll be a few hours before our friend here is up and about. So she's carrying off uh, the Sitchian woman, unconscious, obviously, over her shoulders. Nice tail. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, uh, Kyle says, that was incredible smothering a blast like that. I maybe could have done it with my ring, but you did it with your bare hands. She says, the warp energy couldn't go out, so the prototype folded in on itself. Years of research destroyed Green Lantern. It wouldn't have happened if you hadn't held back with her. He says, I know, but I just didn't feel right pulling out all the stops against a woman. I didn't think she'd be much tri- trouble. Wonder Woman says, I come from a race of warriors. I was taught that there's no excuse for hesitation in battle. A true warrior never forces combat, but doesn't shy from it once it begins. And Kyle says, I guess I just learned that one the hard way. What do we do now with him? She says, they'll they'll have to be delivered to someplace that can hold them, the slab properly. And she says, he says, back on the East Coast, that's quite a trip. She says, I don't mind. I could use the long-distance flight to clear my head after the explosion. Uh, he makes sure she's sure she's sure. And she says, you wanted me to teach you something, Green Lantern? Well, there's no other choice. when there's no other choice, save battle, embrace it. Use all the power you have and never hold back. That and never underestimate a woman. <laughs> and Kyle says, I won't forget that one, thanks. Every little bit helps. Uh, then he returns back to, uh, uh, I'm assuming, Los Angeles, because he says on the West Coast. Um and he's taking him some sights, and all of a sudden, someone says, Kyle, and he turns around and says, Donna, and she says, what are you doing here? And boy, is this continued. Just <laughs> Which we're not, not going to get to. That's right. <laughs> okay. I, got, I got something to say right off the bat. So, Wonder Woman, when she's explaining everything to Kyle, says, three alien criminals, two Kun strongmen, and a Sitchian female were stranded in Coast City a month ago. Does she mean Coast City as in she's referring to the crater, or does she mean Coast City, Coast City? I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we know at this point Coast City is still destroyed. (laughs) Right, that's what I'm saying, because Kyle gets his ring in issue 50. This is issue 73. So if, if she means Coast City, Coast City... Between issue 50 and 73, only a month has passed? 
in the DC universe? She has to be referring to the crater. There's no way yeah, zero I, I, hour I, I, and all I that. I assume that they meant you know the remnants of Coast City, not the pre-destroyed Coast City. So yeah, it still was an odd choice of why they yeah. of why they even go there. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Know, I I noticed that it was an odd choice to to mention Coast City there when I when I first read it. Like why not? Why not say that they arrived off the coast of of uh, Wonder Woman City? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that was I think that was odd. What was the point? The whole point of saying Coast City? Huh. And I totally forgot Wonder Woman had her own city. Like whenever you tell people, you know, you tell somebody to, you know, name off the cities that are associated with various heroes, you're like, you know. <laughs> Central City, Flash, Keystone City, Jay Garrick, <laughs> you know, Gotham, Batman, Metropolis, Superman, Coast City, Green Lantern, you know, Fawcett, <laughs> Captain Marvel. I don't think Gateway Wonder Woman. Nope. But then again, to be fair, I haven't read very many, if any, uh, uh, Wonder Woman comics. I think it's funny to note, because remember, uh, Cape Crusader was Kevin Dooley's thing, and this one, he's the Amazon princess. <laughs> What do you think? I kind of, I kind of thought this was the weakest of the three. Uh, I, I agree with you, kind of. Uh, I, I do like that Kyle screwed up, and that's that's how he learned his lessons. Because all the other times he didn't really, he didn't really screw up. He kind of screwed up in the in the Captain Marvel one. Kind of, yes, by not, by not. You know, trying a, a tact of talking to him, but this is that like he really screwed up here. Yeah, and but where... I, I agree. But I think again, I think it makes him look weak because he just. I mean, we just saw him fight Wonder Woman, even though it was a, it wasn't, you know, it was a staged fight. But he, and we kind of get a, a hint of what's to come because he says, "Oh, you know, uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, she hits hard for a woman," and then he says, "Well, he let's be honest, she hits, she hits hard for a truck." But the point is, the mere fact that he knows Wonder Woman is is a tough opponent, you would think logically he would not then automatically underestimate another woman that he was fighting. Uh, so I don't. I, again, I, I don't. I don't. I think this is a. Again, I know it's supposed to be a learning experience, but I think it's kind of a, in a way a, a negative reflection on Kyle too. But. I mean, I like Wonder Woman in this issue. Wonder Woman was really cool, I thought. So mm-hmm. I think she came across really, really well. But I don't think Kyle necessarily came across really well. And of course, and of course, at this point, all we, all, all I just, I just hear Coon, and I just, I just want to put the book down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was I th- the art was pretty good. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I I just something something about this something about this. Excuse me. <sighs> something about Kyle and this issue. I in I know I I was kind of half joking about you know him him being rude to Billy and these other things in the last issue, but at least at least in that issue you you know. Kyle, part of Kyle was oblivious to what Captain Marvel was trying to uh, convince him of was because Kyle was completely convinced his theory was right. Oh, it's the mask. Got to be the mask. (laughs) 
but I I don't know. I think I think ideally, as these issues go on, you would like to see yes, Kyle learns a different lesson, but you would like to see real signs of growth in Kyle, like at least maybe a little bit of some moment, at least by the third issue, which shows he's. He, in in practice in a practical way that he's taking that he's applying the lessons from the first two issues even though i know this is just like you know breadcrumb to get us down the road where kyle would apply all these issues but still i don't know i think at the end of the day the fact that he probably as you pointed out he made his biggest screw up is probably in this in this issue versus the other two i don't know if that's i i guess that kind of bothered bothered me a little but mm. it's probably being nitpicky <clears throat> I do like the fact that it's clear that Wonder Woman is taking the time to teach him, but you know, getting something out of the deal, kind of like having having you know some backup there with with something she just so happens to be dealing with. But she's not dismissive of him. No, she's and, she's more, she's the most open to teaching him of the well of the of the three putting an asterisk on Alan that of the three characters that we that. On the surface, he was supposed to be going to seeking help. Batman, Captain Marvel, and Wonder Woman. She's definitely the most open and the most willing to teach him. She's not, as you know, correctly put. She's not. She's not dismissive of him. Alan was entirely dismissive either. But it, but the asterisk is because he really didn't go seeking out Alan. Alan kind of went looking for him, <laughs> or, or noticed that he was there and figured, hey, I, this this could come in handy. But yeah, I thought that 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 was a nice touch that she was willing to you know take some time to mentor to mentor him. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I don't know why, but I like the moment where she kind of she finally shows back up and she tussles his hair. Yeah, that's, that's while he's sitting yeah, on the edge of the bridge. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just because he's because she's kind of like pushing his you know pushing his head down at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It's just leaning on his head essentially. It's like. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't know. Was, I mean, all in all, it was good. Uh, what do you think of the, the all all three stories, sort of all overall, as 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 a story arc, not just in any particular scene? I liked it. I liked it even back when I first read it back in the day, even with the two the only you know the two parts that I had. I I did like it. I think it it was. It also was an interesting choice of characters that they had him learn from mm-hmm. I mean, like but, where's superman but yeah technically he already teamed up with superman a lot right so. I mean, i mean but i'm just saying batman is you know batman would make sense because he's bat, you know because he's batman which is the whole point but and alan scott even though again he kind of they, they snuck alan scott in as a you know as a you know un, under the wire or, you know un, under the radar to be in the Batman issue, but you know Captain Marvel was kind of an interesting choice, maybe because of the you know the, maybe in a way to contrast their styles, but also because in a way they're both they have an, they both kind of have a naivete to them. Kyle more because he's new at the job, and Bill and Shazam Captain Marvel because that's just his mentality because of who he is. So I think that I think that was so that I think it makes sense that they paired them off, but on the surface you wouldn't th- you wouldn't think no you would think that. You would think the Flash, you know, whether it's Wally or not. That's what know. I was about to yeah. say. I, uh, or Con- Connor again, things like that. But but maybe yeah. they did purposely try to do to do to do something different because of of an of, of team ups you would not naturally think of. At least not just related to Kyle, but maybe not just re- but not 
related to Green Lantern necessarily either, right off the top of your head. All right. I liked oh, it. I, I, I liked it overall. I mean, like, like I said, I think there was more natural ones, but, you know, you do get those later on. Like, you have that that story arc three of a kind, which nef- doesn't take place necessarily only in Green Lantern, but it's that. You remember that one that's the, the, the joint covers? There's a Green Lantern, a Flash, and a Green Arrow, and they're all saving people from a, a cruise ship? I think so. I think I remember. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a Green Lantern, uh, Flash, and Green Arrow team up that spans across three different titles, one issue apiece. And then you have several times where Kyle teams up with Connor, and several times where Kyle teams up with Wally. So, I mean, it's not like we're getting short shrifted here because they they those team ups do happen, and I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look uh, to see if any of those team-ups happened before these issues. Um, I think one of the Flash ones, I think, must have. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up now, so you go ahead and talk uh, about, you know, your kind of overall thoughts on it. But it was, Obviously, they're setting, you know, the story arc that's going to come next, you know, related to the Dark Stars, I kind of, I, I, I kind of remember... If I, you know, where they're going with it as far as who the big bad is and everything, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, I was never a fan of the Dark Stars. You know, I never really paid much attention to them. You know, just like the, just like the controllers. The controllers were always Guardians Light, and the Dark Stars were always kind of like Green Lantern Corps Light. Even, even sticking members of the Green Lantern Corps into the Dark Stars didn't really change, change that for me. But I think. So in a way, you know, it's kind of because of those uh, pieces that they put in to, for, you know, to build the next story arc. Uh, since we're only, re- you know, we're taking a fragment and reviewing it, since we know, obviously, in, in all series you have this, where, you know, you have bits and pieces in this issue that build towards an art story arc that's coming down the road quite often. But I think just just paying it. Just being more interested in the main story that's going on here, I sometimes maybe I think that took away a little from uh, from the enjoyment of reading these these issues. Maybe more in this one, just because you have because you have that in, that the Dark Star uh, subplot is introduced so early on in this issue, instead of like just like a, like a page or two at the end, you know. Right. So, but. Uh, it he does team up with Flash uh, before these. It was, was it issues, uh, yeah, issue sixty six and sixty seven, Fast Friends, part one and two, and right before that was the Parallax View stuff, which is kind of it's it's so weird that he's doing it, it. I mean, when I look at it, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to read these all because I find I still haven't to this day still haven't read all the Kyle Rayner stuff in order, all the way through. So I'll have to start that one day and see because just just kind of eyeballing it, he goes through zero hour. He goes through the parallax view. He goes through, you know, because parallax view that starts with because we covered that. That basically starts with Hal coming back and ask, tell, asking for his ring back, uh, and then he goes through the stuff with with Wally Flash and and after all of that in zero hour. He still doesn't know what it means to be a hero. Like he blew up Oa, right? I mean, come yeah. on. And and Underworld Unleashed, right? We've gone exactly. through Underworld Unleashed. Yeah, it's see. I mean, I forget. I forget the issue that came before. You know, the storyline that came right before this. I don't know if there was anything in it 
that was a trigger for him all of a sudden kind of like having self-doubt again even though he kind of, it's Kyle he's always had self-doubt but I mean uh, to magnify that where he needed to go get a pep talk I don't know it seemed and I, I mean if you just want to you know psychoanalyze him based on the common threads in these issues it seems like his issue his his issues with Donna seems to be seem to be driving this just as much as anything else <laughs> It's like it seems like all this is is like a crutch to build himself to, so he can build up enough intestinal fortitude to go de- you know to com- to deal with Donna one on one. But yeah, I, th- I think maybe that's part. I think that's part of maybe why also it kind of bothered me how he's that not not necessarily that he's ne- part twofold. Why he seek? Why all of a sudden now he needs like this you know to be boosted up, pat on the back, needs you know to feel, to kind of know that he's on the right path or something along those lines. And also the fact that he keeps that Kyle just, you know, he keeps making all these mistakes and things. And, but we've already seen Kyle go through a lot of stuff. And in a way, like you mentioned, parallax view, Kyle kind of, he pretty much, he pretty much helps convince Ganthet does it. Ganthet is the one who really drives it home, but Kyle's actions play a, a, a considerable role in this, making Hal realize that Kyle really, you know, it's time for Hal to be something else. That Kyle is Green Lantern now; he is not, you know. So it's, it's the fact, you know, Kyle's willingness to stand up to Hal even after he lost his ring, and all those things were contributing factors. So, and so you would, I don't know. It just, I think you're right. I think it is kind of interesting that. You know, twenty, almost twenty-five issues into his run, not counting all the crossovers and the events and everything else, that it seems like a little, a borderline, little late in the game for him to like, like need it, need this pep talk to try to, or to, that he doesn't quite get what being a hero really is at all, and he he's having that much self-doubt that he's got to actively seek out other people to try to learn from. Not that learning is ever a bad, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. It probably almost is never a bad thing, trying to better yourself. But, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <clears throat> All right. Anything else? No, it was a fun arc. Other than the dark, sure. other than the Dark Star stuff. <laughs> People dying. Sure. Getting... And, and it's 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 funny that this is entitled Hero Quest because. Come hell or high water, if I have to fly up to New York and strap Jim Ford to a chair and, <laughs> and make him record this uh, El- this uh, Elseworlds episode, we will be covering the Heroes Quest novel featuring Kyle Rayner at some point on this show. <laughs> that, that's something I want to do in 2016. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to make Jim Ford read a novel. <laughs> uh because you no, know, it's, it's just funny that 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 three issue arc is called Hero Quest, and right. the the novel is called Heroes Quest. Uh, so that's that's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it too, for sure. So obviously, uh, you know, this we just did this in in, in memory of Sean. Uh, he will be missed. Uh, and before we kind of uh, wrap things up, we've got a couple of just just two things to read here, real quick. Um, over on uh, over on Twitter. Uh, when I announced, you know, uh, had the the misfortune of announcing the news that Sean had passed away, uh, Darren uh, Darren or Deron uh, tweeted out said Sean Engel admirably uh, admirably gave Guy Gardner his well deserved spotlight on just one of the guys. He was an encyclopedia of knowledge, 
And uh, Jesse actually sent us an email uh, about Sean so that we could read here on this episode. And he says, greetings, gentlemen. First, I offer my condolences and sympathy to Sean's family. I never personally met Sean and only actually interacted with him through email and Facebook a couple of times. He seemed like a great guy, and the Green Lantern and podcast community is now missing a dedicated and enthusiastic host. He somehow managed to keep to a weekly schedule on just one of the guys, which is remarkable, because it was such a professionally produced podcast, and I know he spent a lot of time on it. I started listening to Sean after Chad recommended his podcast during one of your shows. Listening to just one of the guys motivated me to obtain and read the entirety of Kyle's run as the sole Green Lantern. He also gave me a new appreciation for Guy Gardner. I probably never would have read the Guy Gardner Warrior series if not for Sean. At some point, I found out that Sean was also participating in a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast called Listen to the Prophets. He and his co-host shared a love for that show that I haven't found in any other Star Trek fans. It was refreshing to listen to them break down and discuss my favorite Trek show. Sincerely, Jesse Stewart. That was a really good email, Jesse. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, and before we wrap up here, I just wanted to say, um, on, on my part, um, just my my obviously thoughts and prayers to his, his whole family and, and his friends, but specifically to um, to his wife Michelle and his daughters uh, Lizzie and Rachel. I just sort of wanted to to say that if if they ever need anything from us in any ways, and I don't necessarily just mean the lantern cast. I mean the pot. I, I, I'm pretty darn sure i speak for the podcasting community that sean was uh, a part of if they ever need anything uh you know just to 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 reach out because you know whether the whether uh you know they want to hear his voice some more and and i think that's i think that's sort of i think that's sort of um the cool thing about being a podcaster is you know i i I don't know when i'm gonna go uh, none of us really know when we're going to go, but the kind of the cool thing about being a podcaster is our voices are recorded and people can listen to us again and again and again, whether if they want to talking about their favorite things, but it's, you know, it's, it's a morbid way to think about it, but you know, not only that, but our voices are also there for our family and our loved ones when, whenever we're gone. Um, and that was something that was kind of brought up when Jamie D passed away on the comic geek speak, you know, how it's, it might be comforting down the line to his family to go back and listen to old episodes of comic geek speak and just listen to Jamie be enthusiastic about comics. Um, and I think the same could be said of Sean and his shows, his talking about horror comics, um, his talking about, uh, the Tangent Universe comics. He did a, tan- a, a podcast completely devoted to Tangent. That was also able to wrap up covering that full run. Um, and, and he did the Just One of the Guys podcast and the Star Trek podcast that Jesse mentioned. Uh, there are so many things that Sean did and, and recorded, not just on his various shows that he hosted or co-hosted, but he also appeared on several several other shows. He appeared on our episode 200. Um, so if if there ever if there's anything else we as podcasters can do for his family please reach out uh and if there's anything that you need from us like maybe you want to hear a specific episode that you know you 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 know you've already listened to his main shows and you're looking for you know some of his guest appearances on other shows out there 
um, or or whatever, don't don't hesitate to reach out. We'd be more than happy to do whatever we can for you guys. Very. I just had the word and it slipped away. It was, it was a. You certainly you summed it up very well, Chad. You was very eloquent. That's the word I was. Now, I was not obviously just now, but but you were, <laughs> but you were. That was the word that I had in my head while you were finishing up talking, and it just went woo. Uh, but just very eloquently put, uh, I would I would echo your your sentiments that if it's definitely, I give you know all my sympathies and condolences to uh, Sean's family. If they do need any, yes, absolutely. If they need anything or anything we can, they would like from us anything, you know, from like more moral support wise or anything else or something that, you know they would like us you know to do again continuing the memory if there's something we could help with clearly you know we're we're willing to do that this clearly this episode is just kind of like you know in the big picture and what you know it's it you know it's certainly not going to you know ease a lot of pain but hopefully it it's but it, but it is a it relates to what he, you know, one of the, one of his passions and one of the things that he loved, and hopefully, it can bring some joy to you know people who like listening to his show and people who knew and loved him also. That we also share his passion for you know for Green Lantern and for Kyle. So it, hopefully, us doing this, you know, doing the topic that we did and cr- trying to have as much fun as we could with it, considering that the reason why we were recording it clearly wasn't you know. A po- you know, for positive reasons, from a, you know, emotionally, and we tried to be as positive as we could. But we know the reason we're here and, and dedicating this, you know, episode is not why we, you know, in a perfect world, you know, that's not the reason why we'd be doing this. Uh, but I think uh, he would definitely be missed, and hopefully, we did this topic justice. Hopefully, we do in. In all regards, actually, hopefully, hopefully we do our podcast, you know, certainly related to Sean and, and even others in the community to begin too. But I just think in general, hopefully we hold up our end of the bargain as well as we can. I think Chad and I certainly try, <laughs> but hope yeah, that's hopefully we can keep the you know the green flame burning for, for everyone, passing keeping the legacy going, not just for Sean but for podcasters and for Green Lantern fans everywhere. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this episode, you know, works. Let's just maybe that's the simplest way to wrap it up on my end. Maybe hopefully this episode works on some positive level. For sure, um, because Sean covered several, uh, uh, you know, the entirety of the Kyle Rayner run. Obviously, there are episodes out there where uh, Sean covered these specific issues. So uh, if you don't really know where to start with the Just One of the Guys podcast, you don't want to listen to the whole thing, but you do want to listen to something of Sean's show, uh, I was thinking at one point about editing in some of his comments with our own, uh, but I I don't want to do that. Uh, Not just because it would be difficult, but I I don't know how that would would feel. but uh, I, I, if you go to the LanternCast website and find the post for this particular episode, lantern, uh, www.lanterncast.com, and just scroll down until you see the post for this particular episode, um, I will provide the links to the various, uh, I, I'm assuming, three episodes that uh, Sean covered these particular issues. So if you'd like to hear his thoughts 
uh, uh, recorded on that as, you know, your way of, of you know, trying out his show and, and listening to him. Uh, I, those links will be there for you on the website, so you're welcome to do that. Um, Mark, you want to go ahead and close this out? I will close this out. The best, the best way to reach us, other than Twitter, of course, <laughs> uh, probably, I, actually, let me take that. I think even including Twitter, this is still the best way to reach us because then we can do justice by the response. That's email, lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Visit our website, lanterncast.com. Uh, our episode uh, releases are posted there. We have our Ring Cyclopedia episodes, which I need to put a new one up. Uh, we've been doing more, not necessarily, maybe, I, I guess we can call it blogging, kind of, sort of. We've had some, Chad's put up a few pieces more recently on different topics. I need to put one up too, but in general, it's a good way to keep up with what's going on in the Green Lantern universe from our point of view, besides as besides the uh, Facebook and Twitter. That's another good place to, to keep uh, tr- keep in touch with us and see what's going on. So you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Hashtag GLCast to locate us and on all of those. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you like us, please leave us positive reviews. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about this topic, about Sean, about what uh, previous episodes, what you'd like to see in future episodes, don't say Laura Fleece, uh, 708-Lantern, 708-Lantern, and let us know what you think. All right, guys, next episode, uh, don't know specifically. We've got a sort of top five episode coming down the pike. We've got a... Uh, quarterly quarterly episode we've got a silver age review we've got current issue comics to get to as well so there are several things we have on the uh and i don't know why this phrase keeps popping into my mind but the rocket docket Uh, (laughs) so we've got several things uh on on the pike uh for the rocket docket so uh one of those is coming up pretty soon and i'm probably due for a green lantern green arrow episode here pretty soon too so uh, several things coming down the pike your way pretty soon, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, and uh, this one's for you, Sean. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.